Welcome to this episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Pepper Hastings. We are doing a tribute to Larry and Jeff Fritch uh, out of Wisconsin, uh, two larger-than-life, literally, uh, figures who both had untimely passing but cast a, a long shadow, uh, very uh, huge figures in our in our industry, but have been, uh, uh, Larry passed away. Uh, more than 10 years ago, and, and Jeff a couple of years ago. So, uh, But first, uh, thank the sponsors, uh, Tops, Upper Deck, Panini, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, which includes Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Beckett Online Price Guide, all the different Beckett entities under Beckett.com, and ComC.com. So I'm here with Pepper Hastings, who had, I would say, as I did, uh, a, a a professional relationship with the Fritches, as well as somewhat of a personal relationship. You visited with them a couple times. I went up there with you one time, and and those guys were amazing. They were. They, it's almost like in a foreign country. You know, you go up to uh, kind of northern Wisconsin. Right, right. It's it's in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, but it's really not in Stevens Point. It's well, way outside, kind of near a lake. Right. And for those the uninitiated, you know, um, Larry Fritch Cards started, I believe, in 1970 as a, as the first full time sports dealer. card dealer. Sports card dealer. Now remember though, his his he was mostly a mail order. Uh, mail order dealer, and then eventually internet and eBay. And know. then he had a store and, in uh, and he had a store in Cooperstown. But yeah. his 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 place of business in Stevens Point did not have you know the traditional glass cases where you you know have a high traffic right, walk in right, type right, of thing because right. it was more of a destination, right. not somewhere. Well, I don't think they were welcoming. They uh, weren't unwelcoming, but they they didn't go either way. They weren't set up yeah, for yeah. for walk in business. It was retail, and that's what made it. It's almost like, you know, in the movie Platoon where Marlon Brando is stuck up in the mountains, you know, and he's up there in the cave and it's like these people. I mean, Larry Fritch, that place, I think you'll agree, and it's probably on your list, is one of the seven collecting wonders Absolutely. of the world. Absolutely. It just, you just wanted to gawk. And then you realize it, and it, it, it wasn't, there were no expensive fixtures or it was just raw cards and quantity. And I look back at those early catalogs. And, you know, I, I was in the industry in the in the early 70s. You'd get the catalogs. It was one of the few catalogs, one place where you could buy cards. And I remember discussing with Gervis and other early collecting guys that it's just, it's just so expensive to order from Larry Fritch, you know. But when you now go back and think and look at those catalogs, yes, he was pricing things higher than what the going rate was at a card show. And there were, I don't think there really were any card shops in the early 70s like that. But his cards were all mint. In fact, they were not even gem mint out of the pack. They'd never been in a pack. Most of what he got from Tops in the early days were cut card cases, you know, that had never had a whiff of gum near them. And so they had no deterioration from that. And so he had amazing stuff that, other than some miscuts occasionally, was super sharp corners. So he, you know, but to see all that and to see all these millions of cards stacked up and not, uh, not super well organized, but Organized, organized right. enough that he could find what he wanted. Well, it was. It's not many people. I mean, not a whole lot of people have been up there to see this. No, I think, and, and unfortunately, not. Not yeah. a lot of people have been in the vault. Right. Not a lot of people have been into uh, the warehouses out back. Right. And, and the vastness of it is unbelievable. Um, you know, of course, we know that he has. You know, he Larry owned a, um, a Wagner card, and everybody knew that it was eventually put into an SCG. Yeah, sports card. S- a CD slab. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, at any rate, and he had a plank. But what I remember the most, the first time I was up there by myself, is he wanted to show me the um, 1908 Rose Company postcard set yeah, yeah. that he had. Not just one set, but three complete sets. 
and each one was better than the one before. So yeah. he had collected, I mean, that's like 200 cards at least. Oh, it, and he did three of a lot of things. He did three of a lot of things. It was, I mean, it was one for himself, one for Jeff, and one for Cooperstown. That's the sense I always had about his three. And each one he tried to make a little bit better grade yeah, yeah. than the one before it. And yeah. uh, he was so proud of the of that Rose Company set. Yeah. More so than you know than pulling yeah. out the Well he was a he he was a real collector at heart and he used I mean he made he occasionally would trade some of his quantity. You know, nowadays when you think of quantity, you think of modern card quantity. Well these were old cards quantity. I mean not thirties and but but he had uh he had the seventies uh, he had massive, massive quantity there. And he wasn't even though, like you said, he was aware of condition, but he was not an early adopter of grading uh, because he could grade his own cards. He could, he could, he could, he could see, and most of his cards were mint. So, tell me, uh, when you went up there, and I went up there that one time to try to close the deal, and in fact, we were not able to close the deal of getting him to choose BGS as his grader of choice. Uh, and I, I, I never got real upset about that because he chose his fellow. Wisconsinites, the, the the Krause team, who were just kind of getting integrating and were not establishing it, it attempted to put them on the map, and I don't think it was as successful. But but that's the kind of loyalty that he had, and was a I think he was a real straight shooter. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a, a longtime advertiser, you know, yeah. in Sports Collectors Digest, and he was good friends, like you said, with all the crew at Krause. Right. And uh, you know, we wanted the idea to go up there was to do a pedigree. You know, grading for him and, right. and have his name on the personal, back. yeah, yeah, because everything in collection the, of, yeah, collection of Larry Frisch and in you know the warehouses out back were just cases and cases and cases. Well, we and cases. would have needed prep. I mean, we might we have had not, to set up shop. We might have not made money. Yeah, we would have had to put in the sense you'd have to have somebody on location. To buy they'd, a house. Have to be, they'd have to be pre-screening the cards, right. and then when you think of the bill, you know, for the grading, it's. It was so we discussed those kind of things with right. him. He's he's but, a very astute business guy. The great thing about him was is that. Um, I like to talk to him about you know the hunting up there, yeah. and I was I, he would he really liked to tell me about the cranberries. Up, yeah, okay, so yeah. there's up in Wisconsin in the fall, which is in November, which is when we went up there both times. Uh, there's cranberry bogs, yeah, and they float these things, you know, and that's yeah. how you harvest them. You fill it up with water, they come off the plant, and then you skim them off. But he was, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun trip to go up there to see those guys. Jeff was just as nice a guy as Larry. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, he were, was nicer. They were two pieces of pie. <laughs> they, they, they had a little bit of a crusty exterior. But uh, they were they were huge guys. Yeah. They're really big guys. The kind of guys that I know you played more baseball, and I, I played a lot of fast pitch and slow pitch softball. But these are the kind. Of, they were baseball guys. These are the kind of guys. If they're playing softball or slow pitch softball, yeah, and they step up to the plate, you start backing up. Well, I know they, they were really big guys. Well, and they came and back they love baseball. They gave they back to their community. Exactly. I mean, they, they were. I mean, Larry was the president of the local uh, of little the, league. You know, the, he coached. Jeff did the same right, thing with his kids. Right. I mean, there's probably a picture of the guy in the Applebee's over there on. Probably. You know, as a local. Local hero. Local hero. Yeah. Uh, the coolest thing I saw, Jim, when I was up there was uh, he pulled out, um, and I, I went back and looked at my notes from this visit. Yeah, I kept yeah. all my notes. Uh, he pulled out the Jim Thorpe tin, that Colgan's chips. Colgan's chips, yeah. Colgan's chips tin. And he told me, at that time, he said it's the only one that anybody yeah. had known about. Well, and he had he bought it from a local stamp collector who was his buddy for a dollar. And so... Yeah, it was 200 more of those Colgan's tins, and, and, and yeah. or the Colgan's chips, which I guess were actually chip gum, chewing gum chips that came in a small tin. Maybe Some kind the size of candy of a, stuff was in it. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, there was only one Jim Thorpe for many years that I knew about. I, yeah. I read about one later when we were doing Beckett um, Vintage Magazine. Yeah. About One showed up at a Mastro auction in maybe 2007 or 2008. That was in a big find somewhere, but oh, yeah. I mean, to me, to see to hold something that, that was in my hands that was the only one, and yeah. it was Jim Thorpe. 
And, and he's just standing there with it, and it's in like a little top holder thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, within his card, the card shop was an actual like a bank vault. Yeah, yeah. You know, that wasn't in a wall. It was just kind of this freestanding big walk-in bank vault. You remember going into that? Yeah, but I'm just thinking, yeah, I mean, it's just, he, I mean. <laughs> he was so, yeah, it was just fun to, I mean, I felt like, you know, you know you're know, you sitting there with somebody that, it's like watching Einstein well, talk about the light bulb. Yeah, he's also like a mountain man, yeah. you know, it just was uh, amazing. Uh, do you, I mean, I, when I was up there, and I didn't ask you about this, but he also has a claim to fame of producing some really interesting sets. He did some minor league sets back in the. I think that was probably well, in the early 80s or Tons so. of reprints. And then he too. did reprint sets, but he also did these one-year wonders, which is, and he did uh, the uh, girls' uh, the, professional. He, yeah, girls' professional. Uh, league. So, so again, he was an innovator and uh, was was doing new things. So I, I, I'm thinking he had a good life. Jeff had a good life. And yet, I think Larry died of cancer at the age of 71, which now is seeming to be, in fact, it's ironic. We're having this conversation, and I'm... Uh, pushing Larry's age, and you're you're pushing Jeff's age. Jeff passed away uh, a couple years ago. I th- I think it was a heart attack, but uh, but again, sudden, untimely passing. And and uh, and I think and so. You're telling me that Jeremy, yeah. you know, is running the show, or at least has a big part in it now. I mean, how do you do estate planning for something like that? You just it's it's just really really hard. Like I said, the massive amount of cards that he had. That's it, it wasn't just. I guess I've got to throw in the fact that he just didn't have quantity. He had amazing quantity, but he had amazing quality. And then he had another layer of of knowledge of baseball. He, he wasn't huge on the other sports, as I recall. But, you know, I'd have some phone conversations with him about, uh, you know, when I was doing the, the price guides back in the 70s, 80s, uh, maybe a little bit in the 90s. Did but, he fill out a survey? Did he, uh, he wouldn't do surveys. He, he, he used to just call me. And so I'd call him, and he and he just uh, you know I talk to him, and he'd start talking and tell some great stories and talk about what one thing that was really helpful in the early days is the pioneer guys they didn't always talk in terms of pricing as much as you could get some idea of the level of scarcity or rarity, and so there were things he would never sell, but but and there were things that didn't have a price on them, but he would he would. Uh, do trades sometimes for something that he wanted. He could throw a whole bunch of really good stuff at something. If he wanted something that you had, uh, he was, uh, uh, he was formidable, but I think fair, but, uh, but, uh, again, he was, uh, somebody that our industry, uh, well, he was just a pace setter. I don't know that he, like I said, he, you said he didn't come in contact with other people. He, he didn't go to very many nationals and he, but he wasn't reclusive. It's just, he had, like you said, the hunting and fishing and stuff like that. He just had his. He had other stuff. He had his life, and he right. was uh, comfortable. And, uh, he, and but uh, he's very iconic, though, because he yeah. adds an SCD yeah. on his years because he always it was always the picture of him with that hat on. Right. That said, you know, Fritch. Right. Cards. And so the plaid shirt, the hat. I mean, you right. almost kind of feel like you knew him yeah. just from looking at those ads for so long. But until you met him, yeah, you know, you really didn't understand, you know, how uh, personable, you know, he was. And, he was. I think he was guarded. But personal, once you get through yeah. the, the thing. And Jeff, I always thought Jeff was a little, you know, he, he'd, uh, yeah, when, 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 when Jeff was a little boy was when the, the, Jeff never probably remembered a time that there weren't these warehouses full of these uh, amazing uh, open, open cases. Yeah, just just crazy uh, stuff. And it was it was always in volume. So well, I had, consider myself very fortunate to well, have gone up there. 
twice. Uh, uh, I don't, like I said, I, I don't, uh, when I look back, I think we did, we made a number of attempts. We, we had a lot of success and a lot of things we did, but we made uh, some investment in your time and going up there and trying to prepare proposals for him that, that were ultimately unsuccessful, but you can't win them all. And we weren't willing to uh, do things. We we were we were not an overpromise and underdeliver and, and 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 underdeliver company. And so I think you went up there with best efforts, best intentions, and 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 put it put a put our best case forward. I went up there, but but it wasn't. There were just no sweeteners I could do other than we'd like to work with you. And 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 some of that relationship would have been uh, would have been. Uh, like you said, tricky, you or somebody else. In fact, the other thing is, who would have been the person to go up there and live there? I mean, somebody would have had to live there. Right. And I don't know if Cheryl would have said, you know, and your, and your sons would have said, hey, Dad, yeah, we're, we really want to move to northern Wisconsin out in the middle of nowhere. But it would have taken somebody with high integrity, uh, and I don't know if that had been one person or two persons, but you're talking about millions and millions of cards. And then you got to get them down here and grade them. And, uh, so it's, it's just... Uh, I think we're... Uh, any, any last recollections of Larry and Jeff? I, again, I, I wasn't around Jeff as much as I was around Larry, and I, and I had a lot of phone conversations with Larry. But uh, oh, I just love the whole. I, I love the whole idea of it up there in the woods. I yeah. love the whole idea of, of those guys. He was, being that, like, they were their own men, native Wisconsin, yeah. and, and they and, weren't just dreamer visionaries. They they made it. They happen. made it happen. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we miss you, Larry and Jeff, and uh, as, as as we've said for some of these other tri- tributes of uh, of uh, mostly men <laughs> who've gone before us. And uh, have uh, been a good example, and have uh, uh, stayed the course and uh, finished finished the race. So, uh, thanks, Fritches, uh, for your contributions to this uh, great industry. Thanks, Pepper, for uh, uh, bringing uh, your perspective to 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 those guys. And uh, again, thank you, listeners, for making it possible. If nobody listened, what, what would you call a podcast that nobody listened to? A, a former podcast, perhaps. So, uh, enjoying doing this, enjoying remembering some great guys. So, again, thanks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.